eye-opening first-time experience. You're listening to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Hey, hi there. Got your attention? I'm Gia Scott, and I was curious what you were doing from 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time on Tuesdays. See, I host this really interesting little radio program that airs live then, and we bring in all sorts of guests, authors, experiencers, and everything in between. It's paranormal and guaranteed to make you go, hmm. My guest list is always up at www.giascott.com, and do tune in to the Dawn of Shades from 7 to 9 p.m. on Tuesdays. Hi, I'm Stephanie Benetti, and along with Joe Montaldo, we host News on the Flip Side. Come join us every Saturday night at 7 p.m. Central for our three-hour program. We have opinions on everything, and we're not afraid to share them. False history gets made all day, every day. The truth of the new is never on the news. But you can find it here with News on the Flip Side. Remember, don't be politically correct. Just be correct. Join us. Light up your night with The Kevin Smith Show. Hi, this is Kevin Smith. Join me Monday through Friday right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Hello, this is Angela Thomas with a message about living life to the fullest. As a psychic clairvoyant, I often give insights to one's career path, financial situation, or relationship. Whether one is happy or not in their current situation, where he or she is right now is an important part of learning valuable lessons that can lead to fulfilling one's life purpose. If I can offer you insights, feel free to contact me at 636-278-2272. Again, 636-278-2272, or visit my website, AngelaThomas.org. I'm considered a psychic psychic, so I provide accurate and detailed psychic readings for individuals as well as groups. Remember, no matter what influences your life at the moment, live life to the fullest. Stay in gratitude, count your blessings, and prepare yourself for more opportunities around the corner. I'm Psychic Angela Thomas, and my website is AngelaThomas.org. If you are listening to the show and wish to join us in the chat room, visit paltalk.com, go to the social issues, select other, and enter the UFO Paranormal Radio Network. Tune in to the Mind Cemetery with your hosts, Chip and Nicole, every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Exclusively on the UFO Paranormal Radio Network. We delve into UFOs, abductions, ghosts, aliens, conspiracies, and cryptozoology. And how could you ever forget about those creepy topics you won't hear on your local news? This is where I would insert my obligatory skeptical statement. The Mind Cemetery, where the paranoia about the paranormal comes to rest. 
follow us on Twitter and subscribe to us on Facebook. Also, check us out on our website, MindCemetery.com, for show updates and the critically acclaimed Mind Cemetery blog. It's not critically acclaimed, but you should check it out anyway, MindCemetery.com. Hi, I'm Stephanie Benetti, and along with Joe Montaldo, we host News on the Flip Side. Come join us every Saturday night at 7 p.m. Central for our three-hour program. We have opinions on everything, and we're not afraid to share them. False history gets made all day, every day. The truth of the new is never on the news. But you can find it here with News on the Flip Side. Remember, don't be politically correct. Just be correct. Join us. Tune in to UFO Undercover, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Well, you drove out there into the middle of nowhere and had some sort of loud verbal display challenging E.T. in general out oh, in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah, that's what I was doing. I actually had a uh, pistol in my hand at the time. Um, I was really kicked off. When I was having this fit, I, had, I was waving the gun in the air, okay, and I had this fit. And at this moment, I said, okay. Reach for his gun, 
quick as a twig said, fill your claw, you son of a bitch. Now a legend spread across the land about this pistol-waving man. But if you're from space or from Earth below, you don't give no lip to six bloody Joe. Welcome to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of UFO Undercover. Like Natasha says, I am your host, Joe Montaldo. I hope everyone's having a great evening, great morning, great afternoon, wherever you are on our beautiful blue planet. You know, guys, I say it every week. I don't want to be anywhere but here on Wednesday night. It's my favorite place to be. We have a huge listening audience. Um, you know, I was going over some recent stats and... Uh, Sometimes, you know, like last week, we hit 151 countries. It's weird when you see that because you start counting, you count, you know, because 80 or 90 countries is pretty usual for a show that's been around as long as this one has. Uh, when you get 100, that, that's kind of cool. When you start getting 150, you're starting to push in. Like, um, you know, we have people from Afghanistan writing to us, from Pakistan, from Iraq, um, you know, countries that not normally you wouldn't get listeners in for a station, especially in this type of venue. Uh, I find interesting China is just like blooming. Lord, man, I thought about moving over there. It's, I mean, they, they, they eat this stuff up. And I was really surprised to see it. And I see now we, we've, we've developed a pretty decent-sized audience in New Zealand. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a great kind of thing to, to you know, check out. But um, it's just interesting to see how many countries we reach. But what's more interesting is like last week we reached 271 American cities. Now, before anybody writes to me, I, ha I have to say that um, <laughs> that um, – actually, I lost my whole train of thought there. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's, it's – oh, it's 271 cities, but a lot of the cities like New York, L.A., New Orleans, Chicago have nice-sized listening audiences, but you get places – Places I've never even heard of before, little towns with like three listeners, one listener, five listeners, eight listeners, 15 listeners, 10 listeners, you know, weird things like that. And it's really weird because i got to say when I was looking through the list of cities and because it gives it to you in, you know, areas, it gives you, you can break it down by continents and by cities and so on and so forth, all the way down to little lonely little towns and stuff. And uh, it's amazed to see how many they actually were. The big cities don't surprise me. We've been around a long time, but so many smaller places, uh, i got to say, it, it really is just nice to see that, that we're actually getting out there. 
Um, and, you know, at least changing things. I've been hearing good things about ufology lately, so that's a plus. But anyway, enough about that. I just wanted to bring you all up to speed on that. Um, we're going to be doing a thing on the new UPR. And uh, in case you all didn't know, I mean, I know I had said this last week on the show, but, um, you know, United Public Radio now is, is what Paranormal Radio Network is under, along with UPRN Talk Radio. We're all part of the United Public Radio Network now. And if you've been to the new United Public Radio Network site, which is unitedpublicradio.com or uprntalk.com, uh, you can check out the new site. It's still in the works. It won't be actually officially released until the end of the month, but you can go over there and check it out. Give us any ideas or thoughts or designs or anything you might want to see on the site uh, related to the person who wrote to me about news. No, news on the flip side is for that. We, we can post news on there. Now, if there's other news shows that join us on the network, that, that'll be different, but, you know, one, one little baby step at a time. But go over there, check it out, you know, see what you do, see what you like. And, you know, if you got any gripes, bitches, moans, or complaints, write to me or Stephanie Bonetti. She's helping me uh, on the new UPRN site, and it's, it's really pretty. And a very functional site, by the way. So everyone can get in there and use it. I mean, that's what it's for. It's also for our advertisers and stuff like that. It's a cleaner, more organized site. The Paranormal Radio Network site is great. It's been around forever. It's got an ungodly amount of clicks on it now. You have to go look to see for sure. It's been a while since I looked, but uh, it's just got a lot of stuff on it. <laughs> I mean, it's got a lot of stuff on it. And there's no way to really, you know, change it because there's just so much stuff on it. You'd have to tear it down and rebuild it. So we're going to leave it there intact because it has such a high rating in the paranormal and ufology field. Uh, and we will keep adding to it, but, you know, we also have the new site now where everybody can go and uh, use that one as well. But anyway, enough for the advertising stuff tonight. Our guest tonight is Steve Pierce. Uh, Steve is an interesting gentleman. I caught a couple of his interviews over the last few months. Uh, I heard one, I think it was on Alien Agenda, which is on Blog Talk. I think I heard the Open Minds interview as well. Um, I know somewhere else, because, you know, when I heard that he was out doing interviews, I was like, okay, first off, I was like, who is this guy? I took it, you know, it's been a while. I had talked to Travis about two years ago, I think his last interview, I did more about a year and a half, but, uh, and it took a minute for it to register. I'm like, oh, okay, I know who that is now. And then, uh, and then I caught, like I said, I caught a couple of interviews and then I heard he was, he was coming out with a new book, Broken Silence. And, uh, I was like, well, I want to talk to him and, you know, cause I always like to see, hear anything from the witness's point of view. Um, and we're going to get into some other stuff later in the show. But, Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you on. I, um, like I said, I heard you. The last show I heard today you were on was the Alien Agenda show on Blog Talk. It was a great interview, by the way. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a really good interview. Um, I shouldn't be plugging other radio shows but on other networks. But it was a good interview. It really was. I enjoyed it. When you did Open Minds, you did it with uh, Alejandro Rojas. Was he the host? Oh, uh, with Open Minds? On Open Minds, yeah. Because I know it was Open Minds TV, so I don't know if it was Alejandro or if it was somebody else. That's why I was asking. No, it was somebody else. Yeah, it's okay. I, I, I thought it was, but, you know, I said, let me double check. I said, maybe my hearing's going out in my old age or something. You never, <laughs> you never know. But uh, so let me, let me, I said, I'll ask him when you come. But I really, really did enjoy this. And um, before we even get started, I, I want you just to tell the audience just a little tiny bit about yourself and maybe why you decided to start talking about this, you know, in the last, what was it, last two years, I think, last year and a half or something? Well, I, I broke my neck in 2008. Okay. And uh, I was a long-haul truck driver, and I fell off a load, and, and they had to use surgery on my on my neck, my uh, three, four, five, six, seven vertebrae, especially against the spinal cord, and... And they had to use surgery on it. I would have been paralyzed. It was about to snap the, the spinal cord. So I'm sitting home and, and after the surgery, and we got the movie, 
We rented the movie. And oh, you must have loved that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I knew the movie came out in 93, mm-hmm. but I was in a truck stop in, uh, in uh, Barstow, California, and I was getting fuel, fixed man from New Orleans. And um, I walked into the place for the fuel, and I went to the restroom, and I came out and went to the TV room, and there was Travis Walton on HBO talking about the movie Fire in the Sky, and that's how, he, how I knew they made a movie. But I, I never watched it until 2008. My, 2009, it probably was, with my daughter. And I told my daughter, I says, uh, Henry Thomas, that's me. That's, he's playing me, and, and, and that's me. And my daughter says, nah, it's not Julian. How come they changed your name and stuff, you know? And I said, I don't know. So I got a hold of Travis, and my daughter thought it would be a good idea for me to tell the whole world this is true. You know, this is true. You should tell it to people, you know. That's one of the reasons. And the other reason is if I don't come out and tell my story, somebody else will tell it, and they will tell it different. Yes. I, I, I'm just like they did in the movie. <laughs> yeah, just like the movie. Um, I mean, four different books. Uh, um, people have written about me and what they said in the books didn't happen. You know, people are, 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 you know, so that was one of the other reasons I came out to tell my side of the story, what I, actually what I saw, not what somebody else thought I saw, or if you didn't do an interview, back then if you did an interview, um, they just write something, this is what you said. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and back then, in, in, in the 70s, I only did one interview, and that was with National um, Star. They had me trapped at the Sholo Hospital when my son was being born. I couldn't get out the front door. I couldn't get out the back, so I had to do an interview. So I ended up doing the interview, and the next month when it came out, it made us look like liars. So I never, I didn't do an interview for, for uh, 35 years. Well, that's the trick. I mean, that's, that's always the trick. You know, and even in, in a lot of the UFO stuff you'll see on TV today, you'll see that they'll start out all pro-UFO, but when they get to the end, it's always, oh, no, these people are crazy, or they're lying, or just some other well, stuff going on. Just like the movie Fire in the Sky at the end, it kind of made us look like we were still lying. Yeah. Didn't you think? Well, you know, i got to say, for me, you know, I, I'd known about this long before i ever seen the movie, and my wife had read the original book, and then, you know, we'd heard about the case from, from get-go. Um, I got to say, I was impressed that everybody passed the polygraph. I know there was a little stuff in there that was a little mixed up, but I, I know in general. And then uh, later on, I know Travis took a few the more. Polygraph and passed. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And, and you know, one of the things I heard you say in an interview earlier, and, and it was a very true statement because I know they were asking about if Travis was murdered and stuff like that. And we're going to get into that later on. But I know they were asking you all that and putting that pressure on you all, especially you being the youngest one. I, I know they were really probably putting the pressure on you. About that, but you made a valid point when you said, "Well, they weren't just asking us about that; they were also asking us if we've seen a UFO, and we also passed that." That was a damn good point, and it really drives the point home all the way. I mean, all five of y'all, I, and as far as I can tell, in what is this, thirty, forty years, y'all have never wavered—not even an inkling—from <laughs> the the original story. So I'm impressed with it. I got to be honest with you; it, it's rare to even find a case like this one. Most of them always have something that's you know not quite right or something. But in y'all's, i got to say, it was, it was phenomenal. Um, now I wanted to get back to your daughter right quick. Oh, well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. What you say? Hey, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. If you want to see a good one, see Paranormal Witness on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, yeah. 
and it's called the adduction. That is the best one out there. I will agree with that 90, 90, oh, 93%. I'm not going to agree with the whole 100%. But if you want to watch it, the best one that's ever came out, see, uh, uh, on the Sci-Fi Channel, it's Paranormal Witness, and they did a thing on this last year, and that's the best one so far. That's what I heard, and I also was told that you can find the whole uncut version on YouTube. So, guys and girls, check it out. I'm going to have somebody check it out because we're going to probably play it on the station uh, later on once we find it. We'll do it on like a Sunday on a rebroadcast or something for all our regular listeners to uh, listen to. Um, because, I, I, you know, i got to say, I know this uh, – it, it just cracked me up when I heard you talking about your daughter, and she said, well, Dad, that's not your name. <laughs> you know, y'all know how kids are. She's like, yeah, Dad, you're pulling my leg, aren't you, Dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until I proved it, and then Travis sent her an autograph poster and a book, and wrote her a letter saying, "Yeah, your dad was really there," and all this. So she thought that was pretty cool. She likes Travis. Yeah, well, Travis is a nice guy. He's smart, you know, intelligent guy. I like him. He's he's a, he's a good guy. Um, I just, you know, I, it was just so funny when you said that. I was kind of like, oh yeah, because I could, I could just see kids saying, "Oh, dad, come on." You did what, Dad? No, come on, Dad. You wasn't in no movie, Dad. <laughs> That's not you. <laughs> uh, but uh, but she's, she's encouraged you in this, hasn't she? I mean, I heard that she encourages you along in this. That's a good thing. Yeah, she's, um, she thinks this is a good idea to go out there and tell people. And she's, she's one of my number one, you know. She's, That's a good thing to have the kids uh, behind you. My, my son just yeah. sometimes like I'm retarded, but, you know. <laughs> well, I've got, a, I've got a couple older kids um, uh, from a different marriage, and they don't even want their names mentioned or, you know, and they don't even want to be associated with this because they're afraid when they get older and they're looking for a job, this will affect their, you know. Not, not in today's society, I don't think it would. If you're good at what you do, I don't think people are going to really care. I mean, I could be wrong now, Steve, but I don't, I don't, I don't really think people are going to care. I really don't. Now, uh, Glenn, uh, not Glenn, uh, Ryan had wrote in from New York, and uh, actually Ryan, Steve, was the young guy in the movie, the, the, the kid. Basically, he was, he was, what, 17, right? Yeah, Henry Thomas plays my part in the movie. He, Henry Thomas is the little boy who plays E.T., He's the boy in E.T. Yeah, he's the boy in E.T. And, uh, and uh, because, you know, when I seen him, I'm thinking, damn, this, this, this had to be, you know, so much for you to take in. Because the other guys were older, so, you know, I, you know they, at least they had some experience behind them in the world. I mean, this had to be something for you to actually witness this. Um, I'd have been like, I want to bleep out of here. <laughs> but, uh, I wanted to go home. All the way through this, I wanted to go home. Let's just go home. <laughs> but I, I, I play. I mean, hell, I would have wanted to go home too. What the hell, man? Just seeing what you see. I thought the world was coming to an end. I thought this was the end of the world. You know, at first when this first happened, I thought it was demonic, like a lot of people do. A lot of people tell me, "Oh, this is demonic. What you're seeing is a devil and stuff." You know, I always tell them they're demonic. And, and, you know, if I'm seeing the devil, me and him are really good friends. I know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know why they always want to call aliens the devil. I'm not sure what the hell that's about, but uh, I, you know, I get you know, I've been doing abduction research for 30 years, and, and we get a mix of good, bad, and indifferent, but. Uh, demonic. I wouldn't call it demonic. I could call it hateful sometimes, but also I could call it happy sometimes too. So. 
I don't believe in demonic and all that stuff. You know, I believe Jesus existed, you know, and I believe Adam and Eve got a little healthier from UFOs. Wow. I believe we came from another planet and, and they put us here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, don't, we, I agree. You know, so... Yeah, I think they dumped us off here now. Um, so I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the, the – I, I know you've probably said this story a hundred million times by now. <laughs> you know, because I know everybody – Last couple of years I have. Yeah, I can imagine you have. Uh, and i got to say, you know, everybody involved in these cases like yourself that are, that are good sports about this, you know, because e- even I sometimes get tired of saying the same thing 500 million times. You're kind of like, well, you, you know, I said that last week, right? <laughs> I said that the other day. Well, right? You know, it, 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 there's other people out there that hasn't heard it, you know, and, and yeah. it's important to get the word out there that this is actually true and they're really out there, you know. So, you want me to start my story? Oh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, go ahead. Start, you know, where you're comfortable at and go on and, and work your way through it. And because, uh, you know, before you start that, I got to say something, though. Um, I had one of the interviews I had done with Travis. I think this was about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Uh, I think it was the last one I did with him. I actually, and I heard you say this in an interview, that's why I was bringing it up. I actually asked Travis, Travis, did you ever stop and think that they knew you were coming down the side of the mountain? And he was like, what do you mean? Yeah, well, that's the point. But go ahead, tell your story now. I just, because I, I, you know, I heard you talking about that, and it was something. Yeah, I disagree with Travis on that one. I've yeah. never seen, you know. I, let me tell my story. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Okay, we're we're all loading up. It's getting dark, um, and so we take off. You really don't want to happen during the day, but anyway, we took off, and, and it's getting dark because that's the reason we quit. Because you can't, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere, and it gets dark, you can't see, and you don't want to run ch- chainsaws in the dark. So we're loaded up, and and we're in a two-seated pickup truck. Mike Rogers is driving. Next to him in the middle is Kenny Peterson. And then on the shotgun side is Travis Walton. Okay, in the back seat, there's four of us. Behind Travis on the shotgun side is Alan Dallas. And then me and John Goulet and Dwayne Smith is on the far left behind Mike. Okay, we're, we're going down the dirt road and we see this bright officer over to the right. And we can't tell what it is. Someone thinks it's a moon or something. And I think someone says, no, the moon's right there. See it? So we knew it wasn't the moon. And so we get a little bit closer, and it's, it's a bright white. It's beautiful. And we get a little bit closer, and Alan Dallas says, it looks like a spaceship. He hits the floorboard, and when he hits the floorboard, well, he gets back up, but he's still on the floorboard looking at the window. Okay, when he when he moves, I scoot all the way over next to the next to the uh, window, and I'm looking at everything. I'm I'm the closest one to it, and besides Travis. Okay, Mike stops, and Travis gets out, and it looks like to me that he was in some kind of a trance. Um, that he you know they were making him get out. And Alan Dallas, before he passed away, said the same thing. And we're the, we're the two closest. And we're sitting there, and we're looking at this thing, and it's just hovering in the air, and then Travis gets out, and everybody's kind of like hollering to, to come back. And he, he glances back one time. He looks at us like, you know, 
he's in a daze. Like he, like he knows we're there, but he can't he can't answer. He just like and then he turns back around and he and he does it. You know, in the movie it shows that he walks straight up to it. He didn't exactly walk straight up to it. He walked up to it, but like in an angle. Because if he would have walked straight up to it when the when the beam was zapping, it would have hit us in the. It, 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 he would have ran right into the pickup. So he was a little bit off to the right of the, of the truck and walking up to it. Okay, he, when he gets in, uh, halfway in between where we're at and where the UFO's at, there's some dead wood, and he kind of like bends down, and he gets back up, and this thing's just hovering in the air. It's, it's not moving or nothing, and it's a bright white, and all of a sudden it started getting brighter and brighter. It's the brightest light I've ever seen. It gets brighter and brighter, and it starts rocking back and forth and starts going beep, 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 and this loud pitching noise came out, and it, it zapped him in the chest. Well, he flies back about 15 feet, and, and, and then he hits the ground, and his body kind of like bounces a little bit. You know how you see somebody, you know, hit the ground, and pick, well, he, he just, he's just lying there. He's not moving. And, and I said, I, I turned around and I said, they got him. And as soon as I said, they got him, Mike took off. Okay? And at first, I didn't realize Mike was taking off. And I hit my head on the window when we're bouncing. Well, we get down to the main dirt road, and this guy never missed a gear. Um, we get down to the main, main road, and Kenny Peterson gets us to stop, and we stop. And as we're getting out, because we're talking about what we're going to do, we get out, and we see a bright white light from the northeast. It takes off. It's, it's north of us, and it takes off to the east. I mean, it was gone. And then we're all sitting there talking about it. What, what should we do? Should we go get help? You know? And, and we're all... All upset, and, and uh, I think it was um, Dwayne says he looks like he was disintegrated. And I said, No, he's not disintegrated. I seen him hit the ground, and his body's there. He's dead, but his body's there. So, Kenny Peterson and John Gillette, they said, Man, we have to go back. We have got to go back. We got to go back. We can't leave him behind. You know? And uh, I wanted to go home. <laughs> uh, I want to go home. No. So in the movie, it shows that Mike went back by himself. That's not true. We would have killed Mike that night if he tried to leave us out there by ourselves. It would have been a murder that night. It is. <laughs> you know? So we all get back in that truck, and Mike's really upset. So we go back, and we look for We went back, and we're looking for him. We got one flashlight, and, and, and uh, we can't find him. Well, we're hollering his name and everything, and then um, Mike Rogers falls to his knees, and he just started kind of whipping, you know, kind of crying and stuff, and and saying, "I left my look what I've done, and I left my best friend behind," you know, and he was really upset. So we couldn't find him, so we um, went down to Heber, and the first phone booth we came to. We stopped. It was uh, it was a substation for the phone company, and so there was two telephones out there. It's still there, and I was there a month ago. Um, uh, so Kenny gets out and calls the, the the police department, calls the sheriff's department, and 
We'll call the you know, and says, you know, I got a, a missing person. He doesn't say nothing because Mike's still upset he can't call. So uh, Kenny calls, and he doesn't tell him about it. He travels being south. He's telling him he's got about a missing person. So from there, we went to the main drag into the Heber, to the main highway. The highway goes through Heber. Went to a gas station, and we sit there, and we waited. Now, that's the okay, closest first, town, that's the closest town huh? to where y'all were, right? Heber, yeah. yeah. That's where Travis came back to with Heber. Yeah, And uh, so um, a, a city cop showed up, then a, a deputy sheriff showed up, and then Sheriff Gillespie showed up or something like that. I think Gillespie was the last one to show up. But Gillespie gets there, and we tell him what's going on. And he's looking around for beer cans and stuff, and he gets <laughs> each of us alone and talks to us. And, and, and uh, so finally he says, well, Mike Rogers has to go back because you're the crew boss. And I want two volunteers to go back with me, and the rest of you can go home. So Alan Ballas volunteered and... Um, Kenny Peterson volunteered. Years years later, I found out why Alan Dallas volunteered. But anyway, um, I got to go home. John Gillette drove the pickup, and then uh, Al, uh, Dwayne Smith went home too. So the next morning, I told my mom the night before what happened, and I don't think she really, really believed me. <laughs> <laughs> but the next morning, when they, when they came to the door and they're telling my mom they think Travis is dead, then it started sinking in, you know. Well, my boy's in trouble again, you know. So, um, we, well, as, as my mom's talking to the to the cops and the reporters and stuff, whoever was on the front porch, I think they might have been city cops, um, I grabbed my boots and I snuck out the back door and I went to a girlfriend's house. And at lunchtime, my mom came home, and I'm hiding in the bedroom. And uh, she was telling her daughter, you know, you can't see Steve Pierce no more because the whole town thinks that uh, Travis is dead, and they killed him. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, man, so I'm not saying nothing. And um, she goes back to work after lunch, and I figured she was going to throw me out, and... Yeah, she let me stay, and then later on that night, I snuck back home, and it was dark, and my mom told me that they still hadn't found Travis, and then I think the two, three days went by, and the cops were still hounding us and asking us questions about Travis, and then they said something about us taking a polygraph test, and so we decided to go take the polygraph test, and then... um. That I didn't want to do it because Alan Dallas's mom all all week was saying that we were going to trump this polygraph test. They were going to set it up, make us look guilty. So you know I'm not going. I haven't talked to them at all. I talked to one like the second day. Uh, a city cop named Flake finds me in the alley. I'm trying to hide from people and stuff, and and he knows the town pretty good, and and he knew I didn't have a vehicle, so. Uh, he, he got me back at the squat car, and he told me, he says, he says, uh, State of Arizona, we don't need a body to get you for murder. And also, in the state of Arizona, even if you didn't do the killing, if you were that person that does the killing, you're just as guilty as the person who did it. So if I was you, I could confess, because we know you didn't kill him. 
We know you didn't kill him, but we just can't figure out why are you covering up for Alan Dallas or John Gillette? Because they, the cops thought either Alan Dallas did it or John Gillette did it. Them two were the two main substitutes, you know. And we can't figure out why are you going to cover this up for them. And I told him, hey, I'm telling the truth, you know. And so he releases me. And then um, when we took the polygraph test, I was, I was trying to sneak out the back door again. And, the co- you know, they were out there waiting for me. And they put me in my mom's car because my mom had to take me because I was a minor. I was 17. Yeah. And so, and my mom was kind of curious, too, if we killed Travis. And <laughs> I, put, I, put, I put my mom through hell. <laughs> so we went and take the polygraph test, and we're there. And there was news reporters everywhere, man. They just came out of the woodwork. There was more people in that county than they lived in that county. And in five days, there was more people in that county than people who lived there. I'm guaranteeing you they was. And um, so they they put us, um, you know, they put us in this room, and they were all talking to us, and they kind of, you know, what questions are going to be. And I'm not saying a word. I haven't said a word for days. I don't. I haven't talked to nobody. Because, you know, my daddy always taught me, when you come to the cops, you keep your mouth shut and don't tell them a word. You know, even if they have a video, you still don't say a word. You know what I mean? So I wasn't saying nothing. Because I knew we were going to, once we walked in there, um, uh, I knew that we were going to jail for murder. Because that's what they wanted the polygraph test for, you know. And so the, uh, the guy who took the polygraph test, he came out and we talked to us for a little bit, and then he went back in there, he explained to us what was going to happen and everything. And that's when we realized then, that's, <laughs> they're here, we're here for murder. We're not going to get out of here. We're all, man, we're just all looking at you. It's really tensed, you know. And they come back out, and, and Gillespie, he comes up to me and says, we'll take the quiet one first. <laughs> well, um I'm just looking at him, you know, and, and they took me first because they figured that I would crack. I am the kid. I'm the youngest one. Just take him, and he'll crack before he gets on the polygraph test, right? I passed it. I even passed it saying I seen a UFO. <laughs> you know? I like that. And I thought um, I was going to flunk because I was so scared anyway. So it took two hours to take one polygraph test, and they would Take me out back, and they left me out there until the next one came. And they they kept all of us separated until each one did a polygraph test. And so after the polygraph test, we got to see each other again. We still couldn't go anywhere. We were like in a cage. And so when we got all done, um, the guy was taking the polygraph test. He 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 was fixing to leave, and Mike was asking, "Well, did we pass it?" You know, and uh, he says, well, I, I said something like, I want to talk to somebody or something. I, I want to go over this. And, and finally he says, yeah, y'all passed it except for Alan Dallas. Alan Dallas, he got, they asked him if he killed Travis Walton. He got pissed and ripped the shit on and said, why are you asking me these kind of questions? I'm not doing that. You know? Piss on you. What are you asking me about if I killed Travis? You trying to, because his mother's been telling him all week anyway. They're going to set this up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... He was really freaked when he wasn't there. <laughs> uh, 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 so 
he rips everything off, and so they didn't get a, you know, they couldn't tell. But he did pass one before he passed away. In 93, he took a polygraph test from the same guy and passed it. So That's he good. did finally pass a polygraph test. Well, obviously, we know they didn't kill Travis, uh, uh, but but still, man, that that I, I, y'all must have been arguing about if y'all were even going to call the cops because you knew once you called the cops got involved. Oh shit! Yeah, know. me and Alan Dallas, we didn't want to call the cops because uh, before in the back seat were the were the um, were the rowdy ones, you know. And so we knew as soon as the cops seen it, seen us who the who were who were you know who who we were, they weren't going to believe us, you know. Because we lived in a Mormon community. Oh Lord! And 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 so and the Mormons ran the town back then. The town's called Snowflake. Uh, Brigham Young, back in Brigham Young days, sent the snows and the flakes down to down there to settle that area, and that's why they called it Snowflake after the snows and the flakes. <laughs> I'll just let that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be nice and let that one go. <laughs> Oh, just in case I know anybody who lives in Snowflake, I don't think I do. But you never, you never know. <laughs> I might know one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, it's not yeah. Well, they just like want us running around with their their daughters. You can't blame them. I mean, well, well, you've seen a UFO, I guess not. But now, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, the, the the cop or the sheriff, whoever the hell it was, he must have just been furious after these these polygraphs. I mean, he couldn't have been happy. He was in me. shock. He couldn't believe we passed it. I bet he was. Bless me still, he still thinks this is a hoax. He's on there, too. On that program, of Paranormal Witness, yeah, he's on there. Uh, uh, the guy did the polygraph test, he's on there. Doctors, everybody that was involved in this back then is on there. Well, so this yeah. is a good one. I've taken a lot of polygraphs over the years. They don't not you know when I was working for different companies and management and stuff. You before you get hired, they polygraph you. I've taken a lot. I've passed a lot. I failed a lot. I've probably. Past eight or nine, failed four or five. It's uh, I, I know it's a nerve-wracking thing. No matter how many you've taken, it's nerve-wracking just to take one of them damn things. I hate being strapped to the damn machine. Well, I, I've taken three of them, and Ronald made me take all three of them. I've, I've never volunteered for uh, for a podcast. If you don't have to, <laughs> don't take one. Nowadays, they don't really use them too much anymore. They uh, they kind of stay. Well, the they still use them some, but yeah. So, so I mean, so did did this guy did this? Who, who, uh, after the polygraphs were done and all, and I know he was he was just you know freaked out. Are he, did he come and talk to y'all? Or? They had to let us go, man. <laughs> they had no crime. They, it was the first thing they had no crime scene, so they couldn't say hold us for murder anymore because we passed the polygraph test, you know. Yep. And they didn't have no crime scene. They didn't have a body. They didn't have nothing. They had nothing to go on. They couldn't, you know. So they 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 released us. The next day, Travis came back. Yeah, I was going to say this was on the fourth day. Y'all did the polygraphs, right? Third, fourth. Well, day? we did it on the fifth day. Fifth I think day? Travis was gone five and a half days. days yeah. yeah. He it, came back the next morning. My mom was relieved that we passed the polygraph test that we didn't kill Travis. <laughs> <laughs> mom was like, "All right, I knew I knew he was bad. I didn't think he was a killer, but I, you know he's bad. But I think he's a killer." Um, <laughs> well. A year and a half before before this happened, um, me and my older brother are out paying bills and stuff, you know. And um, a cop pulls us over in my dad's pickup truck. The cop pulls us over, and then um, the cop gets beside us. Then another cop gets in front of us, and they all they all got their guns drawn and stuff, you know. And they're all get out of the pickup, you know. 
they thought we robbed a bank because <laughs> the getaway pickup looked like ours, the same year, same color. It was a 63 uh, Chevy pickup truck. And and um, one guy had long hair and the other guy was shaved. You know, I, and, and that, that, that's what, I, I didn't have any hair at the time. And my brother had kind of long hair, so they thought it was us. And to this day, they never did find a person who robbed a bank. But that's, <laughs> so that's what things my mom had to go through. <laughs> but, yeah, they always say that's how moms get into heavens through their sons. So. <laughs> they're, they're earning their way in with their voice. <laughs> oh, that's one of the things, though. So, um, so, so they just say, y'all good, go home, get out of here, leave me the hell alone? Yeah, that's a true statement, ladies, just in case y'all haven't heard that. But. Um, they, uh, we, we just left. They had done the whole song, so we all went our separate ways. I went, I went home with my mom, and I didn't see these guys, and um, I saw them one of one or uh, three other times. Uh, I saw them when Travis came back about a month later or three weeks later or something like that, about three weeks, I don't know, something like that. Snowflake, and we all gathered at Mike's house and we talked to him. Then I talked to him, taking uh, pictures, that picture that we have of us wearing the hard hat. Yeah. And then a group picture, and then I didn't see Travis after that for 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 37 years. That's that's not hard to believe when people go on with their lives. That's what happens. I mean, he's a young man at the time, moving on, you know, getting out there, ready to get married, get a family going. That, that's not hard to believe. And uh, it's weird because I run across friends every once I haven't seen for 20 years, and all of a sudden, there they are. Oh, and like, I, you know, I heard when you were saying you're on your way to New Orleans, if you ever in New Orleans, give me a call. This is where we broadcast from out of New Orleans, uh, right smack out of the city, <laughs> Sin City itself. Uh, uh, or wannabe. We'll call it wannabe. It's it's kind of gotten calmer since Katrina. It's 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 been tamed. I was trying to get stay away from these people, right? Um, I got married that fall in February, and I didn't invite none of them to the wedding. Not well, yeah. so let but, me ask you I, this. Let me ask you this. So all this goes. Travis comes back. Now for you, I mean, you're a young man, seventeen, eighteen, you're eighteen years old now. Did this stay in the back of your head? People laughed at us when Travis came back. They all thought it was a joke. We couldn't get a job. You know, people thought, you know, you lied about this, you lied about this, you know. We were nothing but liars, and they laughed at us. And it was really hard after that. And um, I finally left. But um, uh, when I got married, I moved to Taylor, the town next next to it, mm-hmm. and next to Snowflake. And then I was at the house, and... We lived in a dirt road, and and I, the wife heard a, a vehicle coming down the road, and she looked out the window, and because you could hear the cop, you could hear, hear the cars coming, and every cop that, uh, there had their own different look of a cop, so you could recognize when a cop was coming. And she says, you know, Jim Cook's coming down the road, and and he pulls in, and, and she goes, well, are you in trouble again? She thought I was in trouble again because the cops were at the door, and so. He comes to the door and he tells me that that uh, Philip Plath called him and told him that I would give you tell tell Steve Pierce I will give him ten thousand dollars if he would say this is a hoax. And at the time, I always thought Philip Plath was nothing but a news reporter. You know, I thought he was just trying yeah. to get a story like everybody else. I didn't know all about this about Philip Plath until until a couple of years ago when I started talking to Travis and he was telling me things about Philip Plath. Well, at the time, I just blew it off, and 
and I, I moved to Texas and to get a job, and, and Model got me a job at the steel mill there. And to get away from all this, there's people down there I didn't tell anybody, you know. Some of my family knew, but they didn't bring it up in a conversation, you know what I mean? So I was trying to, to hide from it, and Philip Plass found out my home phone number and started calling me and telling me that, you know, I give you ten thousand dollars if you say this was a hoax. <laughs> and so, you know, I told him no, you know, I kept telling him no, no. And finally, one time, I hung up the phone and I told the wife, I said, you know, my mom doesn't believe me, my brothers don't believe me, everybody thinks this is a hoax. I'm gonna go ahead and say this is a hoax and get take the ten thousand dollars. Philip Cross is the only person I've ever said it was a hoax to. I had to say that to get the money, okay? Yeah. So anyway, um, my wife at the time says, do you really believe it's happening? And I looked at her and I says, you know I really believe it happened. I, I was there. I saw it, you know? So she goes, you're going to sell yourself out because you're mad at Mike and you're mad at Travis. Because I was mad at Mike because he hadn't paid me for the job I did when we was working out there, he still hasn't paid me. And then he kind of underbid me on another job and kind of pissed me off. So me and Michael feuded, and, 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 and Travis's head really got big after this. So, <laughs> <that's Not bad>. <laughs> so I, you know, I was mad at both of them. I was, you know, you know in, in the 70s, $10,000 was a lot of money. Oh, hell yeah. And I had... I had three kids, you know, and um, I needed the money. So one night when my wife wasn't home, she took class calls and I said, okay, it's a hoax. How do, I, how do I get this money? So he flies to Texas and, and we meet at a restaurant. And he tells me that this is what you got to do. You have to go back to Arizona. You got to find some kind of proof. You have to to uh, find a generator or something. I said, man, you're going to need an awful bright generator to get that bright of a light, man. The generator's going to be awful big, man. <laughs> you got to be like three or four generators, maybe five. <laughs> uh, so, because you know, this I got this ship got brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And it, was, it was a white light that I've never seen. I mean, except for UFOs, it was a hard to explain, but it was awesome seeing Travis getting zapped, though. But um, so he went on his way, and I went back home. And a couple nights later, I I I tell my wife what happened, and she gets all pissed and says, "You know, I'm not going to spend this money or nothing because you know this is wrong. You're taking this money because you're mad at him." So after that, I started avoiding him again, and I moved to Utah to Moab, and I I got a job there. So we moved to Moab, and somebody called the company that I was working for, um, asked for me. And I don't know if this was true class or not, but asked for me and said I want to talk to him about an incident that happened in Arizona. Well, you know, who else could it be? You know. So anyway, the job finished, and I moved back to uh, back down to Arizona, into the valley, into Mesa, where I was raised. 
And I got divorced. When I got down there, we got divorced. And I was staying at my brother's house. And uh, he was calling my sister-in-law and telling my sister-in-law, you know, tell Steve, I'll, I'll give him $10,000 to say this is a hoax. And, you know, my family was, you know, tell him it's a hoax. Take the money. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said, I would have got on TV and said, yeah, it's a hoax, and thanks for the ten grand. And then I don't want to. I went on my merry way. <laughs> and then but I never took it. No, it wasn't a hoax. <laughs> I never took it. And after that, I disappeared off the face of the earth for for a long time. Nobody knew where I was at. You know. Yeah. And and that was probably so. Crazy. And then after that, I I I started driving long haul truck. You know, I drove truck long haul across country for twenty five years. You know, so I stayed out there. And I stayed away from this, and I had some incidents out there, but that's a different story. But um, this is true. I mean, this really happened, people. Travis, you know, I don't believe that the way Travis tells it, that it was an ambulance call, and they, they, they're saving his life, and I don't believe that. I believe that we saw this for five minutes. They must have known that we were there. They had to hear that clunk. If these people aren't as intelligent as everybody thinks they are, don't you think they knew we were there? Oh, don't you it. think they knew they heard us coming? We saw this for five minutes. It ain't like we saw it for ten seconds. You know, they knew we were there. And, well, they and, they and, knew probably when you left your camp. Uh, yes. I, I have no doubt that they were fully aware of everything on that mountain, not just y'all, but anything else that was on that mountain they were probably aware of. I have no doubt about that, but I but, see, I, I didn't even properly introduce you when I, when, I, when, I, when I introduced myself to you, but I run the largest UFO alien abduction organization in the world by far. I mean, we have more than 40,000 members. We have a nice big – and we really interviewed a lot of uh, contactees and alien abductees over the years. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, literally a lot, somewhere in the in the seventeen, eighteen thousand range these days, and it's something we specialize in because we, we we you know we're looking for commonalities, things that happen in cases, why things happen in cases, why people actually see, why some people see UFOs and some don't. Um, we don't think any of that's an accident. Well, they, be, they could be two people standing there, mm-hmm. and they'd be looking at the sky, and one can see it, and the other one can't. Other one if, can't. They don't, if they don't want you to see them, you're not going to see them. Well, yeah, you, they, they they make it to where, to be honest with you, we really don't believe that you're unless you're you've you've, you've had some kind of prior contact or you're or you're uh, mentally or physically, um, I don't know how to, how to word it, but you, that's the only people that are going to really see UFOs. That's why when there's a mass sighting over New York, I mean, come on, there's eight million people in New York and and a thousand see it or, or a hundred thousand, you know, Mexico City sighting this. 30 million people there, a million people saw it. You know, there's a reason why, because those people are prone to see it. A lot of times, to be honest with you, we actually think a lot of times you see a UFO just either right before they pick someone up or right after they put them back. In this case, it sounds like they were after Travis. Uh, and they sound like they knew y'all were there, the, you know, the whole entire time they were fully and functionally aware y'all were there. Um, why they picked him, mm, there could be a lot of reasons for that, but... Uh, or why that particular night? Maybe because he was the only, only one who got the truck. But the way that you described it, it sounds like he was—he was. Even in the movie, they—they kind of show him in a daze, you know, as he's walking up, like he's just like, you know, not really thinking. 
You know, like, uh, you know how it is when you're a fogged brain or something. Uh, that's what it seemed like. And see, that's how you were describing it earlier, like he was being called out of the truck. Because I see none of the rest of y'all got out the truck. <laughs> I don't blame you either. I'm not, I'm not giving you a hard time. I'd have been, whoa, what the hell is that in the sky right there? Actually, I'd have been reaching for the gun just to be in the Well, city. maybe they couldn't get us out of the truck. They're like, no, we're not, we're not leaving. <laughs> we're staying right here, buddy. Uh, maybe, it was, maybe Travis was the most acceptable to whatever they were doing that night. Uh, I mean, I, I, I wasn't there, so I really don't know, but it does sound like he was being calm. He was gone five and a half days. That's an awful long time uh, for a conscious abduction. I mean, for that many days to pass and, and you'd be able to find it. Uh, we know that contactees are taken for long periods of time sometimes, but there's usually no missing time. It's like they pull them out of dimensional space and they put their butts back around the same time they take them. We only know it because you know we get these cases where people wake up in the morning with three and four weeks of hair growth, and you're like, wow, what the hell happened there? <laughs> you know, We've had a lot of cases like that, so uh, we know they take you for long periods. And we know that... Yeah, she's a friend of mine. Well, she, I've been seeing her, and um, uh, I've got a, a couple. They, they filmed everything, and the first one was all about fire in the sky, and, and uh, uh, it, it's, a, it's a wicked. They turned it down twelve minutes because nobody's going to watch an hour's worth, you know. Yeah. But it's hard for me to watch. But she, she, I did it five times. Rest. Regressing, hypnotized. Yeah, being regressed, yeah. Being regressed. But I don't think I'm going to do it again. We got, she's got enough stuff that, you know. Yeah, well, there's a lot. Yeah, you see, and, and I'm glad you said that because, um, you know, my wife and I also do uh, regression work. And um, it's funny because, you know, you'll see an alien or you'll have a visitation or you'll have a contact like a lot of the grays and some of the other alien types like that kind of hang around sort of in a weird kind of way to explain but uh, you'll, you'll see a lot of that but what bothers me and I've always said this for many 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 years we have contactees long term lifetime contactees right who have all these experiences but if you sat them down in a room and said if I said tell me everything you know about aliens everything you've experienced they can sum it up in all of about four or five or six hours but there's literally weeks, months, and years of contact in there. That's, that's really what we use the regression for these days, not so much to find out if someone's lying or telling the truth, but to actually find out what's actually going on. Uh, we know ET's got their own agendas, and they had a lot of agendas. We know there's several races visiting the planet, uh, and there seems to be several things going on. And we know they limit how many aliens, or, I mean, how many races actually visit, but... Um, we know they're here. We know they've been here for a really, really, really long time. And we know they don't show themselves by accident, and they don't take people by accident. So for me, you know, the very first time I, I – actually, Travis Walton was actually a thorn in most researchers' caseloads because it's rare to find someone who's seen a UFO or be a one-time abductee. It just doesn't happen. You know, if they take – no, not one time. No, I don't think they take it just one time. It's possible. Really believe it's only been abducted one time. He does, but but I gotta say, him and I. He wouldn't tell you either way. He never well, gets either way. He won't well, tell he you if he has it or has. Yeah, well, he, he won't tell me that. Air. Yeah, he told me that on the air. He wouldn't tell me either way. But I, yeah, I, yeah. But I asked, him, I asked him a question about it, and he said, um, 
He said, well, yeah, that, I guess that is possible because I was asking about some other stuff that had happened and, and the way you know it actually ended with him when he was put back. And um, I said, you never thought that they might have already known you. They might have known someone in your family line. I said, remember this, Travis. 99% of all abductees and contactees will never, ever remember being taken, ever, their entire life. I said, it's only the 1% or 2% that actually managed to bleed out for some reason. Uh, some say 5%, some say 2%, but whatever it is, it's a very small percentage of how many people are actually being taken. And, um, and that and Once you start out, being taken, it's not just a one-time thing. I agree. People think you know, it just happens one time and say, well, uh, I don't think so. No, and I, and I think if you've been taken once, they're going to take you again. I don't think they take exactly. you by accident. Um, now, for you, you know, I was listening. I was listening to you when you were talking about some other stuff. And I know you've had some experiences, you know, but I also know you've got a new book coming out. Yeah, and, Broken uh, Silence, One Man's Journey. You think it's going to get out? Um, I know they're hard to write, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it. called Broken Silence, One Man's Journey. But um, you're going to have to put me on another show when we talk about the book. Tonight it's just all about Fire in the Sky. That's fine. I, I want to keep it separated. No, that, that's fine. I can, I can understand that. I really can. And, um, it's just easier that way sometimes to um, keep it keep keep it apart. Sides will you know, probably help keep your sanity in the in the long run. <laughs> I know my sister caller just joined us. Caller, how you doing? Hello, Joe. How are you? Hey, pretty good. Pretty good. Who's that? Uh, this is Ben W ten twenty eight in the chat room. Hey, Ben, how you doing tonight? You got a question? Good. Yes, I do. Um, does Travis Walton might have been taken more than once without him knowing? Um, does he? Do you think he might have any psychic ability or uh, telepathic? Well, telepathic? Let, let me ask you this. While, we, while Steve's going to answer that question a second, we put it to him and Travis. Steve, how about you? Do you feel like you have any gifts? Um, yeah, I have a 14-year-old daughter. She was a gift. Well, that's always a gift there. <laughs> that's just a gift in itself. But when you, when you, met, when you knew I Travis... I can't answer for Travis now. Uh, you got a question to ask me. You can ask me the question, but I'm not going to answer for Travis. Yeah, Travis, I, I don't. Yeah. You know, and um, that's and, one you got to say for Travis. We're starting to get along with each other. I really don't want to piss him off right now. Pick up and I'll piss him off again. Well, look, I, I know I, I feel you there, man, because I have a tendency to piss people off in the field from time to time. I don't mean to. I've been pissing Travis off for 40 years. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to piss him off, people off, but it just happens sometimes. You know how it goes. I know. So, so I, I want to go back, uh, um, back to the night it happened again for a few minutes, because I know you were on what the right side of the truck, right? Yeah, everything happened on the right, and I was on the right. How far do you think this thing was actually from where your window was? Fifty feet, hundred feet, hundred yards. Uh, I know it's hard to judge distance at night. But. 50 feet, between 50 and 100 feet. And that's close, close, close to. It's um, close to the at it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now, just, this is getting more in my investigating side of me is coming out here, but did you feel any, like, warmth or vibration, any buzzing noises or feelings or anything like that? Um, I felt the um, the ray when it came out. I could feel the heat when it hit the Yeah. Because it, it, 
So yeah, you actually feel that it penetrated all the That's I was kind of curious because that's not stuff I usually hear when people are talking about it. But for me, the research inside of me is just. Didn't come out. Uh, Yvonne Smith brought that out. I, I I didn't know that until I watched the tapes and 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 uh, what came out. Yes. A lot of things I didn't know that came out when Yvonne um, hypnotized me. Uh, that's what regression is for. And that's why we use videotape when we do it, so no one can question the means or the methods. You know, that's the whole point of videotape in a session. Because um, I, I kind of freak out in the first one, you know, because it's the first one I've done, and it gets easier. But it, it wears me out. I'm not, I've done five. I'm not going to do no more. It's over. I, 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 everything's out. Needs to be out, I guess. And yeah, well, it takes a lot of energy out of you. Yeah, it does. You know, in the first one, I kind of freak out. So when you watch it, come to a conference where I'm at, and I'll, 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 I'll oh, I'm play a, it. Ne- next time you get close by, I'm going to come see you. I, uh, were you at the conference in the desert, the one in Joshua Tree? No, um, uh, I was going to go, but um, I had, I had some, I had to be in Vegas. Mm. Vegas more fun. Wait, wait, did you get to um, experience speak on um, September second to that conference? Uh, experience speak. Which one? Yeah, I was, you mean in Maine? Yes. Yeah, I was in Maine a couple of weeks ago. You mean yeah? Yeah, I'm going to be at the Tennessee MUFON uh, on the 23rd. Um, uh, let's see, in Knoxville. Okay, because so, uh, I remember uh, uh, someone saying that Travis Walton was at the Experiencer Speak. Um, that was uh, September 2nd, I think. Yeah, I was there with Travis in Maine. Yes, I was. That's how they Yeah, but, I, you know, I was, I, I'm not going to get in this. I'm, I'm going to give you all a little teaser for the audience, but I'm not going to talk about this tonight. I suggest you all all go see Steve at one of the conferences, uh, check out what he's doing, get him aside, talk to him a little bit. He's got a lot more to talk about, guys. We're not, we're not going to get into that tonight, but I'll uh, get him back on the future. But there's a, there's a, he's got a lot more to talk about, and there's a lot of other stuff that's going on that um, – Eventually, <laughs> y'all find out about. But um, well, you know, it's always good to tease the audience a little bit and and and, and let them get out there because you know we have a lot of people who write in that are experiences. We have a lot of people come on the show that have seen or had some sort of contact um, along the way, and um, a lot of the contacts we we see are or some of them are very very advanced. There's a lot of information there. Some of them not so much, and some of them can even be kind of on the scary side. And if you happen to be dealing with one of the primary species, like the reptilians or the greys or the humans, uh, there's a whole range of stuff that can happen to you. I mean, a whole range of stuff. Yeah, the greys. The only ones I've ever seen are greys. Great one. And that would actually make sense because the greys make up uh, right at 65% of all the abductions we recorded or by the greys. Um, they they do make up the majority, and they've been doing it for a long time. They've been around for a while. And the greys, you know, greys get a bad rap because people are always like, oh, well, they're evil. They're, no, they're not evil. Sometimes they're not they evil. Can, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're not evil. It's not. I mean, I mean, they're like everything else in the universe. I can imagine. You know, you may have a bad day. You know, some contact you might kick you or something. You know, you might have a bad day. But I'm not. I'm not. You know, and. Some of the younger stuff we hear in, in the puberty years for contact, he sounds a bit rough. But usually after that, well, especially when someone's over the age of 30, the contact seems to be much different. It seems to be more informative. There seems to be much more information available. 
it, it doesn't seem to be a hostile type contact. It doesn't seem to be vicious or aggressive, even though I'm sure they can be at any time they want. It just doesn't seem to be that once you reach a certain. Maybe they were just waiting for us to mature some. You know, maybe it's easier for them to deal with us when we're older. I have no idea what it is to be honest with you. There's a lot of ifs that that could be going on there. Um, but you know, it was funny too because uh, you know the first time I seen the movie, I was like, "Holy bleep!" I'm thinking, "Where's the other two thirds of the book at?" <laughs> I really was. And uh, I was like, what the hell is going on here? You know, there, was just, there was just a lot of stuff that was missing. And there was a lot of stuff that they added. But for you, I mean, the first time did you see it, um, I guess they didn't mention your name because they didn't know where you were. Why didn't they use your real name, you know? or um, I don't know. They didn't use Kenny Peterson's John Goulet. Uh, they took uh, Dwayne Smith completely out of the movie. I guess so, I don't know. Nobody. I guess yeah. it was money reasons. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're probably right. You're probably right. It probably was money reasons. They probably just didn't want to pay you. So why don't they just change their names and you know and save some money? Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's because if they really wanted me, I had I still had grandparents who lived in Snowflake. I had a bunch of family. They could have found my mom. They could they could have found me. Yeah, if they really you wanted know, to track you down, yeah, they could. That's that's what yeah, I was. Like they, they had to just find my mom, and my my mom always knows where I'm at. But you see, it's good for you to be out because, first off, you're the youngest one in the group. Um, you know, you, you can hear it in your voice when you talk about it. You get excited about it. You, you know, actually, to be honest with you, when I'm listening to you talk about it, you sound today, I mean, I guess because it's, it's ingrained in your head, you probably sound like the 17-year-old boy that was there the night of the experience. It just sounds like it's, it's just, you know, one of them things that's always going to be in your head and it's just going to always be that way. Uh, which you know, it's one of the good things about this kind of uh, investigation worker or, or this kind of contact. It it helps to affirm what people are already believing or what people already know. It, it just makes it better. But uh, I got to say, you've been unwavering, which is a good, 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 good thing to start off with. Now, now, let me just just for prosperity's sake. Are we, we going to take a break? Yeah, in two minutes. Actually, we're waiting for the, the clock to count up, and then we're gonna get we're gonna okay. we're gonna break. But a quick, quick, quick question for you. Then we're gonna go. Um, you know what? We just take it now. Hold on. Let's do that. Hold on. Hold on. Let's drop. Hey, thank you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, I'm the boss. I can do that kind of stuff, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead, and I'll get you back in a few minutes, guys, girls. We're okay. Thank you. Station. We're gonna take a station ID break right now. Uh, we're going to go let Steve have a breast. He's only supposed to be with us for like an hour, hour, 20 minutes tonight anyway, guys. So, um, But um, anyway, we'll bring him back in a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more, and then we'll let him get out of here. And then if time permits, we may talk about a couple other contact things. If 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 we have the time, we'll see about it when we get back. But I want everyone, please stay tuned to UF on the Cover. I'm your host, Joe Entitled. I'm sitting speaking with Steve, Steve Pierce, and I'll see you all in 10. listening to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Light up your night with the Kevin Smith. Through and standing in line to close the package. You know, oh, that, that, 
yeah. changed my whole life. Well, you know, people ask me if it changed your life. I really can't tell because I've seen him before Travis. I've seen him after Travis. I've seen him my whole life. So it's it's been my whole life. Yeah, see, now, now you know, maybe they were there for you and they got Travis by accident, man. See, you got Travis probed. <laughs> Maybe they got the wrong blue-eyed guy, right? <laughs> hey, hey, they do. We do know they make mistakes every once in a blue moon. Like, here's a good one for you. This is a real. These are real cases, by the way, Steve. You're gonna love this. We get a call from a couple out of New York, right? And a call out of a couple out of a. They put the wives back at the wrong house. So can you imagine you're getting up to go to work in the morning, and it's like because it's like you know 4 a.m. L.A. It's like 6 a.m. You know New York. And this woman wakes up to find some other guy in her bed. So you know she was not a happy camper, man. So I, I just, just hear the paint peeling off the wall. She's screaming, probably, you know, all kind of stuff. And uh, she, the guy finally gets to calm down. So he calls. She calls home, right, which is, like I said, like 4 a.m. there. So the woman must have answered the phone in her sleep, just answered the phone. And, and, the, and of course, the woman in New York is screaming at her, what are you doing in my house with my husband? And long story short, they actually put them back in the wrong places. There was another story like that where they, they switched this Japanese girl's uh, T-shirt and underwear for some other girl's teddy in the United States. And the way they found out is a girl in the United States, the girl in Japan had wrote her name on the inside of her underwear. So the girl in, in the United States was actually wearing called this girl at home and said, I have your underwear. <laughs> So I'm just kind of, you know, so E.T. does have once in a while make a mistake. They ain't perfect, perfect. They're way, way more perfect than we are, by the way, but um, still, <laughs> they're not totally perfect. And I guess when you're doing a lot of contacty stuff like that, that, that can happen. But I, 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 I want to go back, though, to, to on the road. Because, so, you know, I know this was just an everyday night for y'all. Y'all knocking off work. You're getting in a truck. You're thinking about whatever you're going to be doing on your way home. You know, what you're going to be doing when you get home, going to see a girlfriend, whatever. And, and I imagine this was a nice long ride from where y'all lived in, in the dark. Yeah, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, that, 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 a de- decent little ride. So, I mean, how long was it from the time that you left the camp that you actually ran into these guys? Or I should say the crowd. Oh, five I don't know, five seconds. <laughs> I don't know. About a couple, three minutes because uh, we still hadn't got to the main dirt road. So, I mean, we saw it a couple minutes after we took off. Okay, yeah, see, because that, that's why I was curious because I'm thinking this thing's already there knowing y'all are there. You know, this thing's yeah, already there. Oh, yeah, it knew we were there. It knew we were, we were chopping wood. You know, yeah. I'm going to take this to the day I die. They knew we were there. They knew we were coming. They, you know, they wanted us. I don't know if they wanted us all, or you know, I don't know. But they knew we were there. And well, the fact that they were in a clearing suggests that they were waiting for you. Yes. So they were waiting for us. Yeah, because I was thinking about that one day. I had heard the story again, and I was thinking, I was thinking. I know I said that I heard him say it was in a clearing, and I'm thinking, you know, because UFOs hover, they're seen hovering over trees all the time. And uh, so I'm thinking, you know, why was this thing in the clearing? Why was it that close to the ground? And then I got to thinking about it. It was waiting for him. It's exactly what it was doing. It was sitting there waiting for you. Uh, below radar, below everything else that our country uses, especially in the 70s, sitting that close to the ground, nothing would have known it was there unless something flew right over the top of it. Nothing would have known it was there. 
Uh, yeah, they were definitely waiting for y'all. I, I, I would like to know why. <laughs> uh, have to, have uh, I think it's that strong blue-eyed one, I think. Yeah. Now, so, I mean, I know when when it happened, you probably thought Travis was dead from the way you described it, but, I mean, when you first came up on it, I mean, what was that initial sense? Fear? Exhilaration? Oh. Um, I really didn't get scared until after Travis got zapped. That's when I started, you know, you know, something's going to happen to us. But at first, it was just like, I mean, it was like, you know how when you see a beautiful woman, you're just, whoa, you know what I mean? That's, <laughs> um, that's I don't know. Yeah, well, that's yeah. why I was, I was asking, because, you know, I've seen stuff up close and personal myself, and, um, as long as it's not doing me anything, it doesn't seem to scare me. I can kind of just hang around, look at it, videotape it. They're um, beautiful. Well, they are. I mean, the way they look. I mean, they're solid white. I mean, I've never seen the one in Hollywood, you know, whatever that thing was in there. But what I saw was solid white. And you could see the window frames on the outside of it coming down, and you see a, like a, a frame in the middle of it, and it looked like two cake pans on top of each other. And it was solid white. Then it got brighter and brighter. It got so bright, it, you thought it was daylight. And then when that light came out, that blue screen light came out and zapped him in the chest, I mean, it just lit up the whole sky. It was like, it was... It was awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, because, I, I mean, I, I've seen it really light. As a matter of fact, uh, quick story, because i got a caller just joined us too, but quick story, uh, we were in Golf Breeze. My son was three at the time. My wife was sitting on the on the beach, and this thing passed over. So there's a lot more to the story, but I'm just making it quick. This thing passed over. So now, I was sitting out at the covers, you know, arms out, skin out, all exposed, you know, I was in shorts and, and a T-shirt, and my son was sitting next to me. He was half and, and you know, covered up, half not. Actually, no, he's sitting in my wife's lap, and she had her arms just sitting above the covers. You know how they got those grills with the little diamonds in them? It looked like someone heated up a grill, wrapped it around her arms, and just pressed it because the diamond marks were actually raised, and you could feel the intention. It looked like a bad burn, but then in a day or two, it was gone. <laughs> to this day, that, that still freaks me out when I, when I see that, so... Um, and that night when that thing came over, so it was so weird too because when it first came over, it started to rain for like two seconds. And then all of a sudden, it was just – there was like an absence of wind. I don't know how to explain it. It was really weird. It was a really, really thing. But hey, caller from 856, how you doing? Hey, Joe, this is Bud, the cop from New hey, Jersey. Cop, hey, Steve, how are you? Too? What's up, cop? Hey, long time to talk. I talked to you before. I had a couple of questions for you. Was there any evidence on the ground from the UFO, number one? Number two, did you or any of your friends have long-term uh, nightmares after the word deal? And three, are they going to make another movie of the fire in the sky? They're trying to make another movie now. If you email Travis and tell him you want another movie made, that's the best way to get it. We get we get enough people, and they'll make another movie, and then they'll tell it the way it's you know the way it's supposed to be told. Yeah. Hopefully, they're going to get all of our names right on this one. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, okay. What was the the second one? Uh, was there any evidence on the ground from the uh, UFO? 
Did they find any kind of UFO evidence, you know, on the I'm, ground? The next, the next day, I wasn't out there, so, you know, I was hiding. Because the next day, they, they got that 80-man, 100-man posse out there looking for Travis. And while they were out there looking for him, uh, two guys walked up with a gallon count. What's that counter called, thing called, you know, it beats up for radiation? Yeah, gallon um, count. Yeah, there you go. And he, they walked up there, and they, uh, they first they did Mike, nothing happened. And Mike said, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have my helmets from yesterday, you know, our hard hats. So he went and got the hard hats, and they did the hard hats, and I guess the uh, the meter went off and went all crazy. And then these two guys just seemed to walk away, and nobody knew who they were. And Mike was asking who they were. And nobody knew who they were. They were there for one second. They were gone the next. And nobody knows who they were. But they, yes, they were some um, evidence on the on the hard hats. Well, and, the, and the third question is: Was there any long time, uh, long term nightmares from you have, or your friends? I have nightmares today. Every time wow. I talk about, I have nightmares. Um, when, when I was arrested, the first one was about Travis Bolton, and when you see that, I can't watch it. It, it freaks me out. But uh, seeing Travis, thinking Travis was dead for five days, you know, everybody says, oh, Travis was up there for five days having a hard time. Hey, we wouldn't have an easy time down here for five days. Yeah, we were accused of murder. Everybody in that town thought we murdered him. You know, everybody's looking at us like, you know, what you guys do with his body, you know? Because we lived in a small town, and uh, before the sun rose up the next morning, everybody in town knew about it. And, I mean, it was a bad five days. Yeah, I have nightmares. A question for you, uh, Steve. Did anybody ever offer up an apology for thinking y'all killed him or anything like that? Nobody's ever apologized to me for nothing. Man. Well, I, I, I was just asking. I didn't think they would, but I thought I'd ask. You know, no one's ever asked me anything about uh, the movie or Travis's book. Nobody's ever, 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 you know, ever asked my side of the story. That's that's one of the reasons I came back out was to tell my side of the story. Tell him, you know, because the only uh, couple things that's right in the movie that's about me is I was the first one to take polygraph test. That's true, and you know how Henry Thomas was really quiet and really nervous, wasn't saying nothing. Yeah, that that part's true. But as far as us being in that restaurant, that never happened. Uh, the party, you know, at the party at the end, you know, when Travis that circle comes down the table and stuff, um, that never happened. I've had people come up to me and say, hey, you know, I was at that party. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Party. <laughs> Another one more question: Was there FBI, national security agency involved in that too? Did they show up? Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. 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 They showed up. I figured that. All right. Thank you very much for taking my call. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate you calling in, man. All right. Yeah. Oh, look, Tyrus Milan Brown. I'm used to seeing the man in black. I see him all the time. They, uh, yeah, we often – there's a big debate on what men in black actually are, if they're regular people, if they're hybrids or something else. Uh, it seems to go back and forth a lot. There may be a combination when it comes to them too. I, I think it might be both. 
Yeah, I think you're right because I, I've seen some really weird stuff when dealing with, with stuff like that. So, what amazes me is sometimes we'll be in the middle of nowhere. You know, we'll be on out, out doing a sighting. You know, doing a little UFO hunt or something. We'll be in the middle of nowhere. I mean, nowhere. See, and not even a town. 50 miles in either direction. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes somebody walking down the road. You're like, really? Really? Where the hell does this guy come from? <laughs> oh, he's making me nervous, man. I'm like, uh-uh, what the hell is this? You're thinking, uh-uh, something, something is fishy. And something I've noticed recently in the last 10 years, you know, we, we hit a lot of national parks because there's a lot of sightings in parks. A lot of these big... Well, you want to see some good sightings? Yeah, I'm always looking for good sightings. Go to, go to Four Corners. <clears throat> oh, I'm going to head through there probably. You're going to stay on the first night, but or go to, uh, um, you know where Salt Lake is, right? Yeah, yeah. Go towards, go west from Salt Lake, uh, out towards um, to Nevada, and at nighttime you can see UFOs out there on the lake. I've seen a lot of UFOs on the lake. You know, we've seen some stuff uh, when we were in uh, outside of Laughlin. Um, we were up there for something, and uh, we had seen a couple out of there, and uh, which was really, 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 really weird. I'll tell you, two, one of the really good uh, UFOs I've ever seen, I've seen two of them, actually. We were driving in the Roswell, my wife and I, for the 60th anniversary. And, uh, no, for, well, for, no, actually, to go meet a friend of mine, a guy I'm alone. And uh, we had drove in, and we had seen this really weird light we thought it was a star because yeah, we'd been watching it for like 40 minutes driving down the highway, and all of a sudden it just started going down. <laughs> it definitely landed somewhere. We were like, wow. Well, last time we were in Roswell for the 60th anniversary, myself, our uh, national director, Jason Wilson, my wife, and uh, his girlfriend at the time, were all coming back through Texas. Right as you cross into Texas from uh, where we were at, there was this weird military base, right? Right as we approached it, we there was a train track, and we thought it was a big white brilliant white lit up train coming down the track you know because they got bright lights oh no this thing came over the train came over the military base hovered over the car kind of went down the highway a little ways and then just disappeared back behind the trees i have no idea what it was whether it was alien or not i don't know but if it was ours it was damn advanced uh, it was damn advanced is all i can say uh, you know I, I i can't you know in good faith call it an et but it is definitely an unidentified flying object. <laughs> no, no doubt about that one. Um, I have a question from the chat room. Um, someone asked, was asking, um, "Have you ever been abducted?" <laughs> no, and that's for the other show. You got to. That, that's <laughs> show. Uh, yes. And 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 hopefully, y'all, because he's teasing me with this book, because I, I, I want to know all this good stuff. I'm going to have to call Yovana. <laughs> Yovana, what's up, baby? <laughs> hey, Yovana's the one to put all this stuff out, you know? Well, I, like, I like, you know, the first time I met Yovana was in Roswell, actually. And uh, she's a regular down there at the uh, Roswell Museum. Yeah. And uh, she's, she's a great lady. She's a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, you know, she's one of the few hypnotherapists I actually like in the field. There's about three of them I like. All the rest of them can bite my big white cheek. Um, really, I got because I got to be honest with you, we're very particular about how we do regression at ICAR, and uh, Yvonne is, and a few others are, but most of them will do stuff like, "Well, there's Steve. What kind of damn aliens came and probed you last night? And what color was that spaceship again? Well, you can't do shit like that, you know. You start doing stuff like that, and then, you know, you're just making memories." You're not remembering memories; you're just making them. So, 
So, you know, any, anybody who does it legitimately, I'm back, and anybody who does it needs to just get out of the field and, and go teach people how to quit smoking or something. Uh, something good. <laughs> you know, something good like that. Now, uh, uh, go ahead. You know, I, you know, I just didn't get in. I met Yvonne a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and she, she wanted to get into my head, right? Yeah. And at first I said no. I wasn't going to do it. You didn't get in my head. Because it's never like And I went, to, I went to her office in L.A., we chatted for a little while, and then I know her for, you know, I've seen her a couple of times, and then we got to really talking, and I started trusting her. Because to me, you got to trust this person who's going to do this to you. You just can't, you know, go to somebody, hey, knock, you know, go to their office and lie down and do this. That's, that, that doesn't happen. you got to you got to trust this person, and I really trust Yvonne, and she's a damn good lady. Yeah, she's she is, and, and she's good heart. Yeah, she is, and, and and so over a year after I got to know her, I decided to do it. You know, you know, um, uh, you know, it's got to. I got to know my for myself. You know, so I said okay, and then a couple of people wanted me to go see somebody else, and I said, well, I don't know this person. You know, well, if you're gonna do it, do it for somebody. You know more famous than, you know, but I said, no, I know Yvonne, I'm going to go ahead and do with Yvonne, and so I did it with her, and the first one really freaked me out, it's really, I, you know, Yvonne left her chair a couple times, you know, and, but the, the last one is a little bit easier, but it still wears me out, it makes me tired, and I've, Got enough information that five is enough. You know, two inches on. If you want to keep doing them, do them. But to me, oh, yeah. you know, five is enough. Well, I mean, you're talking ten hours. I mean, that that's a lot of information. Uh, I mean, that that's a that's a lot of information. In case y'all know, ladies and gentlemen, go listen. Well, we got a lot ten of hours. Of, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of information. Uh-huh. It's a lot more than people. And, and Lori Wagner, Lori Wagner, she filmed it all. So it's all filmed. Every, every every time has been filmed. Yeah. That that's that's uh that's how we do it. We um we actually do the regression, uh we set up the film and uh we run voice stress analysis uh when we're doing the filming. And before anybody asks, no, we don't use we're not we're not running the voice stress to find out someone's lying and telling the truth. We're running the voice stress to find out where to look. In other words, if I asked Steve about did you see a, a gray at a particular time and I started seeing a bunch of Bikes in the line, I would know it was something that was bothering him. It was something we needed to go deeper. If I asked him and it didn't move, I would just move on because there would be nothing there to talk about. Uh, it's a great tool for that, by the way, too. It really helps uh, to drive uh, where you should be going in a, in a hypnosis. But and I, and I like using it. It's, it's, it's a good thing. I, I gotta say, and you're right. You know, for me personally, three or four regressions is enough. I, I gotta be honest. Um, I got people. I've got regular, you know, customers and, and, and regular uh, contactees. As many times as you can do it, they'll do it. I mean, last time my French director was in, we did ten days, three to four hours a day, forty, almost forty hours of regression. Um, and 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 the bad part was, or I should say, the good part was, um, we barely even broke the iceberg with what's in her damn head. Um, so it's it's that's what I'm saying. It's what you can take. Is it minute it. I'm not even the guy being regressed, and it takes a lot out of me. So I know for you, it's 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 you know it, it takes a lot out. It, it's a lot. Uh, it hey, takes a lot. Uh, 
Fun came to the house. It was the, the first one was done in, in, in L.A., but it, uh, then the second and third one was done in my house in, in Utah. And That's probably both, better. Yeah, uh, one time we both came out with headaches. We both had headaches really bad. Yeah, that's not that's not uncommon. It's not also uncommon to go outside after one and see a sighting either, or have weird stuff happen inside. Well, you know the one I was just talking about, right in the middle. Okay. Like uh, uh, pictures flying off the wall. <laughs> yeah, stuff like well, weird shit like that. Yeah. Well, here's one for you. I got this high Sony have- camera. Great, great camera. Right, I'm in the middle of of this regression and the camera quits working. It gives me this weird error. So I go buy a new camcorder so I can finish the regression sessions. And so I bring the camera to the shop because I really like this camera. It's got night scope all built into it. And he says, oh, I don't know. He said, were you near an EMP pulse? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, well, everything on your camera. He said, all the memory has been erased and all the magnetic strips are non-magnetic. And he said, you must have been near an EMP pulse. I was like, no, I was in my office building in my spare office where we do regressions. He's like, oh, well, I don't know what happened. I'm like, he, he still swears to this day. I was over there talking to him about something else the other day. He still swears that camera was exposed to some kind of EMP pulse. And uh, when I sent it, I sent it to Sony to get it worked on, and Sony said that it appeared that it had been subjected to a high magnetic field of some kind and it could not be repaired. So you figure out what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it could have been a UFO flying over the uh, building, and that that kind of pulled down to the uh, camera. Is I don't know possible? what it was. I don't know what it was. It did ruin the tape that was in it too. So whatever we were talking about in that particular, actually, I think Linda was actually doing that regression when it happened. I don't know. I, I, you know, I didn't think we were talking about anything that would warrant destroying a camera, but apparently we were. So that's why I was asking Steve if weird stuff like that happened to him when it was going on. Well, uh, I, I've been hanging out at, at uh, um, Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, joy. <laughs> yeah, man, I love Skinwalker I'm, I'm addicted to Skinwalker Ranch, man. <laughs> I even got chased out of there. Hey, we're taking pictures. It's, it's early in the morning, and, and, and we see something run across, and, and we're, I'm taking pictures of it, right? And then all of a sudden, this black pickup gets behind us, and... and um, uh, so we get kind of nervous and we back up and and, and, and we leave and we, we go down down the road a little bit, turn back around and we go into town and uh, at the main highway and and uh, get a cup of coffee and we come back and that pickup is facing the opposite direction of us and and he must be looking out of the mirrors because of, you know because his windows is all dark you can't see what he looks like or nothing and. And he gets, uh, he sees us, he turns back around, he, he, he chases us through, um, through, um, um, through, through the town in, uh, Fort Duchesne, and then we go out to the main red light, and he gets beside us, and, and he's asking us why we were taking pictures and stuff, you know, and all this, and, and then the light changes, he goes straight, and we go towards Roosevelt, and we figured he's going to turn around and come go back. And he gets behind us again and going into Roosevelt. He's behind us, and I lose him at a red light. And I make a left and come out the other side of town. And there he is again. He keeps following us until I, I head, head towards Salt Lake. And once, once I start heading towards Salt Lake, um, he he uh, he turns back around and, and, and goes, the, goes the opposite direction. 
that that's just strange in itself. It's... Yeah, I, something's going on there. And one of these days, I'm going to find out what it is. Well, there's a lot going. There's, there's a lot of hot spots in the country. It's one of the things we track uh, is hot areas around the United States, not just around the United States, but around the world. Uh, we track as many hot spots as we can. We also track to see how you know busy they are because we like to do stuff like you know. Well, let's say we know like the Four Corners area, so we know there's a lot of UFO activity there. But how many abductees live in the Four Corners area? You know, we're kind of curious to see if the correlation of sightings correlate to abductees. Reservation? Wait, say that again. You broke up. You think it has something to do with the reservation? Probably did. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it seems to be at least some in their Indian reservations seem to be a draw for ETs or sometimes for government stuff. A lot of these reservations are really big with lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of land. So. Uh, lots yeah. of places to hide out. Well, it's a good place to hide. I mean, you know, and it, like for like the grays and stuff like that. There's just lots of places that they like to go. And because and, you know, I imagine if you're on a ship all the time, even if there's a mothership up there that's big and huge and has like home, still you might want to feel the ground or see the sky above your head every once in a while. You know, especially if you're like long term stuck on Earth for a long period of time, it might be nice to get out of damn spacecraft every once in a while. <laughs> What would you think about the CIA releasing that stuff about um, Area 51? See, well, you know, that, that CIA... They didn't really did anything, did they? No, they, they didn't say nothing. They said, okay, they admitted that it exists. Okay, now, we all been knowing it's been existing for how long now? So here we are in 2013. This thing yeah, is well, it exists. Well, really, does it exist? Wow, only half of America have been looking at it for years. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Hey, I see a UFO Area 51. You know, um, what, a lot of people, what did it look like? That's what Travis got zapped was Area 51. They, um, Arizona, if you look at the map, it's Area 51. Well, yeah, I guess all of that up there is all... Well, I've seen what is even stranger about that. It was in the White Mountains. So we saw a UFO in the White Mountains, because we know what happened in the White Mountains somewhere else, and it's called Area 51. That's just kind of weird. That is. That's, 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 that's definitely kind of weird. Well, I know there's been a rumor flying around now that... Um, that um, that there may have been an uh, uh, agent in the woods the night that it happened. Somebody said it was a CIA agent or, or NSA or something might have been in the woods the night it happened. And, you know, I hear this rumor from time to time, but I've never been able to substantiate it, you know? Um, I've heard a couple of rumors, too, but, you know, I think they're all rumors. Oh, I agree. People, I mean, they're, they're, it's hard to say. Going to get on the bandwagon, you know? Well, yeah, it's hard to say, and, and unless you're there looking at it, it it's just you, you got to be skeptical. Well, why did he come out 37 years ago? Yeah, that's the thing. What would he have been out in the woods for unless there was something going on there that everybody was aware of? It's just, you know, it's one of them things you got to kind of be like, okay, maybe, maybe not. I just, you know, if there would have been an agent in the woods, then that would suggest to me that, you know, okay, not only did E.T. know y'all were there, but so did they. That they, yeah. This was a pre-organized contact or pickup, and um, and it is weird because I asked Travis one time if he thought maybe those people at the end might have been human humans in like CDC suits or something and not aliens, and it kind of threw him for a loop. 
Um, you know, because he, I guess he had never really thought of it like that. Because he describes it as a hanger and stuff, and it sounds like a conventional, everyday kind of hanger. You know, it doesn't sound like an ET. It, just because it's ET craft park, they don't mean it, the hanger itself is ET. Uh, so I, I was curious about that. You know, it's weird. And being where y'all are, and especially now that we're talking about, it, I mean, it's a good possibility that there may have been more than one thing going on. I know in the '60s and '70s for sure. Our government was trying to find people who maybe be in contact so that they could contact those people themselves and try to learn what was going on. But other than that, I have no idea. And it's all speculation. You know, it's sheer speculation. Nobody's seen him. How do you know? And now, if he would have come walking out of the woods while y'all were there, that might have been different. <laughs> now, well, that been I need to go, people. It was nice talking to y'all. And my email is steve.pierce at hotmail.com, S-T-E-V-E dot P-I-E-R-C-E, stevepierce at hotmail.com. Hey, thank you for having me, and email me, and I'll send you my book, and you can read it, and then I can come back on your show. Oh, yes, I would love to. I would love to. What what I can talk tonight. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But again, so you know, let me let me know. I'll uh, send it over. To, I'll, I'll email you tonight, and uh, I'll give you my other email where you can send it to. And I'd love to read it. And then yeah, I'll definitely get you back on, and we'll talk about that because that sounds like that's going to be quite fascinating too. And Steve, again, man, thanks. It was great having you on. I had a really good time. Well, thank you for having me, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks again. Tell Thomas I said hi. All right, he's listening. Tell him hi. He, he's downstairs listening. Hey, Tom, man, we got to have a conference in the south for abductees and contactees. We'll bring, we'll, we'll even bring Steve with us. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, hey, we'll talk to you later, bud. All right, thanks, man. Well, guys and girls, that was Steve Pierce. Uh, he was there in 1975 when Travis Walton was abducted. Uh, in, uh, well, not in Snowflake, Arizona, but nearby there. Uh, it sounds like it was a very interesting thing. Listening to Steve kind of cracks me up because, um, you know, you, you know, when he's talking, you can hear it in his voice. He's talking from like when he was 17, and, and, and you could just hear it there. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm not that. you know, and, and I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to get out the truck either. I was like, take my ass home now, buddy. <laughs> Drop me off at the at the nearest the corner. I walked the rest of the way, but and I don't blame him for wanting to get left behind in the woods either, man. Um, uh, but you know, um, y'all get over there and check out Steve Pierce. It's just type in Steve Pierce and, and and or you can type in Steve Pierce or you can type in Steve Pierce UFO. Or you can type in the title of his book, the whole nine, and and do it along those ways. Uh, it, he's pretty easy to find. I gotta say, I looked him up on the internet. It didn't take me much to find him. I'm actually on Yvonne Smith's site right now. I was wanting to take a look and see um, if they had made any of the videos available or anything. I was gonna, uh, uh, I was gonna, uh, well, <laughs> I was gonna let y'all know, but I'll check it out for next week and, and let everybody know. But remember Steve Pierce? He was there in 1975 with Travis Walton. This is an eyewitness that was on the ground when it happened. He did pass his polygraph, by the way, uh, without any problem at all. Hmm. Uh, when I catch a cold, we get a co-host, man. Yeah, you see? I'll call Jason or Stephanie or Rob. There's a lot of people who can co-host. <clears throat> Actually, I've been thinking about this while, while we're on this subject. I've been thinking uh, in the near future, over the next few weeks, uh, that I might let some of our audience members, especially our Facebook friends, come co-host with me on Wednesday night every once in a while. 
um, yeah, say a, a treat for the listening audience. <laughs> you know, let, come hang out and co-host and, and chat with the guest. The guests like it, I like it. You know, gives me a night off. I had, I had a good time talking with Steve tonight, and uh, I, you know, it'd be nice when this new book's out and available for everybody to get their fingers on it and, and take a good read. As soon as I get it, you know, I'll, I'll get him back on, and um, we'll go from there, I guess. Because man, I got to tell y'all, um, I was listening to him on uh, another radio network on another show. And uh, there's a lot we didn't talk about tonight. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that because there really is a lot um, that that we didn't talk about tonight. Uh, that's very interesting stuff, and I think y'all really, really going to enjoy it. Um, so we'll, when it, we'll get the book, we'll read it, and then, then we'll bring everybody back to hang out and uh, take a good take a good listen. The book is Broken Silence. Um, I imagine it's, it's naming it after coming out, you know, because he's been keeping us a secret for so long and living with it. You know, I, uh, was it one of his wives or two of his wives? He never bothered even telling them that this had happened. He said she wasn't in the UFO, so he never even bothered telling them that it had happened. So it sounds like he's pretty good at keeping a secret. So <laughs> it sounds like to me. But anyway, guys and girls, I'm going to get out of here in a few minutes. Don't forget news on the flip side on Saturday night with myself and Stephanie Benetti. Uh, we'll be around to kick some serious ass this weekend. Got a lot of gripes, moans, and bitches about what's been going on in the, in the last week. From our idiot that runs the country to the idiots that work for him and everyone else that seems to be attached to him. Um, so we'll be on that kick. Man, i got to say, every time I turn around, there's somebody doing something stupid in this country lately. I'm not talking about our president. I'm talking in general. I mean, lately, it's somebody doing something stupid. And I'm beginning to get a little fishy that every time the violence calms down and then all of a sudden the Democrats start talking about gun control again, there's a shooting. I said this a few weeks ago about another shooting, and I said a few weeks before that. And, you know, pretty much since Obama's taking president, it's like a shooting every six months, a major one. What the hell? This never happened in other other president, so what's going on here? I'm getting a little worried. And uh, and then this this last shooting made a valid point for me, something I had said about Sandy Hook, which I will bring up Saturday. Uh, so y'all be sure to tune in for Saturday night's show. Don't forget, before us on Saturday is Voice of the People with Gregory Miller. It's a good show. Y'all come check him out. He talks about a lot of different stuff. It's variety. Following us on Saturday, Saturdays. <laughs> Following us on Saturday night is Jeffrey Pritchett and the Church of Mavis, and Jeffrey's always a blast to listen to. He, he comes on. He's he's got a couple of co-hosts that come on with him, but usually it's Beelzebub. He's got co-hosting with him. Yeah, y'all know who Beelzebub is, right? That's who co-hosts with him on Saturday night. Just thought I'd let y'all know that. Uh, Karen Dolan's going to be joining us back on Mondays real soon. I had a talk with her the other day. I'll be talking with her again tomorrow. We'll be finalizing where she's going to go. It's looking like... Uh, it's looking like Monday between 6 and 8 is going to be a bi-weekly show. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm letting a, out the bag a little earliest. Uh, but anyway, uh, so they'll be, they'll be joining us as well. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we have uh, Chip on uh, Church of Mavis, on, which is 8 to 10. And it uh, looks like we're going to have one other UFO show joining us. It's going to be a monthly show that's going to be following Chip on Monday night. So uh, that's going to be a Monday night lineup. Tuesday, starting October 1st, uh, Catherine Buckaloo, 
uh, with Truth Connections will be coming on from 6 to 8 on Tuesdays. Of course, Donna Shades will be following her. Uh, 8 to 10, it's a new show. Uh, it, that's It's air date, so you all be sure to check it out. Uh, sometime between now and then, I will have Kathy come join me on UFO on the cover or News on the flip side, and we will have a little chat uh, before she actually airs so everybody the audiences are familiar with her and, and, and know where to find her. Uh, we do have a show looking like they're going to be on following G on Tuesday night. I'm just not 100% done with it yet. Wednesday night, uh, still me, you know, just me. Uh, with Kevin Smith going, you know, Kevin Smith is big shoes to fill, ladies and gentlemen. I don't, you know, for me, putting people in his slots is like honoring him, so it's going to take me a little while to get who's going to be where and who's not. Um, and to that question that just came in, Frank, uh, you can call me on my cell, which is available on the site, uh, and if you want to discuss the Friday night slide, I will be more than happy to discuss it with you. It's a paid slot. It is available, but it is a paid slot. So is the Thursday night slot. Uh, that's the uh, 11 to 9, 10 to 12, and 11 to 9 slot. So uh, they're really good slots. Uh, one of them has about 700,000 listeners. The other one has about 900. Um, well, potential, I should say. Uh, so you can get in there and get them in there and do it. Um, and, of course, uh, Thursday night, you've got – we're playing reruns of Whispers right now. Hopefully, Jordan and them or, or – or <laughs> My brain is so fried tonight. Uh, hopefully, they'll be coming back with whispers soon, or, uh, and uh, which would be nice. Uh, of course, you've got uh, uh, Second Sight NYC with uh, Christopher George and Victor Furman on following them, and then uh, I don't know who's going to be on that Thursday night slot yet. Then we get your Friday night slot. Of course, you've got uh, Alan Cox, which will be opening up on Fridays now with Understanding Spirit, and they will be followed by uh, Knowledge of Spirit with Alan Cox and Jesse Bravo. Following them, one some weeks will be uh, Jason uh, Wilson and Heather Garst um, with Underbridge Universe, and the other time will be Sasha Christie and Guy Whittle with Citizen Singh. So you got a lot up there. Check it out. Enjoy. We've got a lot of syndicated shows. You can check those out as well. Uh, the syndicated shows are not on our archives, but you can go to the Paranormal Radio Network site and click on their banner, and it will take you to their site, and uh, then away you go. Uh, what the hell was a slow one tonight? Okay, no telling. Crazy night. But anyway, we're going to get out of here, ladies. I don't want to take everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, one more thing. Uh, I had said this earlier in the show, and I, and I keep forgetting it. It's, it's hard for me because now we're part of United Public Radio. So it's Paranormal Radio and UPRN Talk are now part of the United Public Radio Network. Uh, and the new websites are going up. You can go over there and visit it at uh, unitedpublicradio.com or upntalkradio.com. Uh, let us know what you think about the site. Any suggestions or ideas, you can write to me or to Stephanie Benetti. Um, and we're going from there. Also, too, like I said, I am looking for some people to come co-host. And uh, pretty soon now, once these other sites are finished, which should be at the end of the month, the iCar site will be getting moved and remodeled. Yes. Uh, so, any volunteers for that, let me know. And again, anybody volunteers that want to want to kind of try to come co-host with me on Wednesday nights, you know how to reach me on Facebook. Uh, or I will officially put something on Facebook about it sometime over the weekend, so if people want to, they can. And that goes for our other hosts on the network as well. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, to be fair with you, and while, before I go, I'll, I'll even bring this up to the audience. For some time now, we've been thinking about changing the name of UFO on the cover um, because I am big in ufology and I'm going to always be big in ufology because I, I have a draw to it. But frankly, it's been kind of boring lately. 
there's not much new in, in the UFO world. It seems to be – it's not that there's not a lot of cases coming in. ICAR is very busy, so that's not the issue. Uh, we're very busy at ICAR. For me, though, it, it doesn't really seem to be much new in the way of any directions as far as government information or major cases or stuff like that. It all seems to just be basically where it was when I started in it. So uh, I'm going to be doing a little branching out. So I will probably end up changing the name of UFO on the cover to, I don't know, probably name it after myself or something. But anyway, we'll see. That's something for the near future. Is there going to be a new theme song as well? <laughs> Ooh. Well, no, I could still keep Six Gun Joe. Six Gun Joe. <laughs> it doesn't say UFO on the cover. It's just Six Gun Joe. That's why we played, um, we played, um, um, oh, God, uh, Bad Company tonight. We played Bad Company's Bad Company tonight because it's also Six Gun Joe. <laughs> Uh, so it, it, it kind of went in tan tonight, dual six-gun Joes tonight. And the bad part is I don't own any six-guns. I own automatics, you know, 380s, 9-millimeters, 45s, uh, you know, stuff like that. But no, no six-guns. Yeah, I like I like 9 and 12 ones much better with portable clips. <laughs> I mean, I can say double arm, yeah, man. I look like something off one of their movies, buddy. Just walking through, yeah. What's what's we got some zombies to kill tonight? And for all y'all out there playing in new games out recently, and I know because my son and my grandson have been on it for two days now. Uh, y'all remember y'all have jobs, damn it, <laughs> or school or career or something. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna get out of here. Uh, I want to thank everyone for hanging out with us tonight. I hope y'all enjoyed the show. The archive will be available in all of its usual places, from GoDaddy to iTunes to SoundCloud to Podomatic to Podcast, our whole bean pod, the whole bunch of them. Uh, so any way you want to listen to us, you can. Uh, I will post it, and like I said, it will be available in 15 or 20 minutes, so y'all can go check it out. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get out of here. I hope everyone really enjoyed the show tonight. And remember, just smile every once in a while. I keep telling you all this every week. If you smile, your face will not crack. I, I know y'all don't believe me, but trust me on this. If you smile, you will be happier and your face will not crack. <laughs> Good night, everybody. You're listening to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network.